Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience where we are loving everybody. Uh, it's a great day and this is kind of an exciting show, don't you think, Eric? Hey, Eric, how are you doing? <laughs> hey, good afternoon. <laughs> Happy Friday. And yes, of course, it's always an exciting show every it's Friday. It's always an exciting show. But folks, you are in for a treat because if you listen to Christine Upchurch uh, last hour, who does a marvelous job, I, I just love following her. She's great. I listen to her show today. I don't always do that. But her guest, Courtney Cottrell, is my guest. Woohoo! So you get two hours of, uh, of Courtney, who has a lot to say, a lot to tell. Uh, I really recommend her book, uh, Unapologetically un un Favored. And I, I, she talked a little bit with Christine about how that title came about. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful story. Um, and her story, her personal story is, is, is really excellent. So hopefully you listen to the interview with Christine uh, because I'm going to try to cover other areas than uh, than they covered. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Thank you. I'm excited to be here as well. Uh, good, because because <laughs> KKNW, we we uh, we're all different, but we're still a family, wouldn't you say, Eric? Absolutely. Yeah. Some of, we, some of us are very different. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Was that a dig? <laughs> no, we're just having fun like we do every week. Like we do every week. Uh, Courtney, uh, Eric and I have a tendency to um, go around in circles and go off on tangents. <laughs> <of things. laughs> never. No, that's never happened. It's no, okay. No. Have fun. Just have fun. Exactly. See, that's the attitude. That's the attitude about life. But I noticed that in, in your story, you worked really hard. Uh, you stayed focused. And I love the way you talked about you use this in your book and you mentioned it on Christine's show about if you're in a, in a race, swimming, staying in your lane and paying attention to what you're doing, staying focused on that, not looking around to see what the people around you are doing. Yes, that is my that's like my number one thing. I tell a lot of people. Even my, my young sellers today, you know, when they start worrying about what the next person is doing, and I'll ask them, well, what are you doing? And exactly. Say, well, I forgot to finish my qualification for X, Y, and Z. And then I'll say, well, did the other people finish their qualification? Yes. Well, you know what happened? You were so busy and focused and worried about the next person that you lost yourself. <laughs> you can't do that. You, gotta you say can't that. do that. You can't do that. You have to. The only person you can compete against is yourself. Exactly. And um, the the now you use swimming. I I was actually a racer in high school so, uh, on the swim team. It was the only thing I could do because I never with other sports I couldn't figure out whether to use my left hand or my right hand because I'm ambidextrous. But with swimming, I didn't have to worry about what hand I used. Both of them at the same time. <laughs> Both of them at the same time. And uh, uh, I you always use that playing pool. See, I'm a, I'm a little lower level than you. And playing pool, you know. You, you don't win at pool by knocking the other guy's balls all over the table. Exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. You play your own game. <laughs> I like that one. I'm going to have to use that one. I'm going to keep that story. I like that. Please use that. That's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. It is. I like that. Yeah, that's good. And one of the things, I, 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 I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing because I was listening to the show on my phone. And I had looked at YouTube, and I messed up trying to, to to listen to two things at the same time. But you can't do that, so I'd turn my phone off and re you know reboot. Uh, but I saw a thing on CNN that just happened minutes ago. A Russian ship 
was very aggressive with an American ship. And I don't know, Eric, if you could kind of look on the on the news there and see uh, something about that and let Courtney and I know, because I think that would be something she would be interested in commenting on. So, yeah, it was just it just happened just minutes ago. So uh, it was like two minutes in a bit on YouTube. Uh, that was maybe it was less than 10 minutes ago. So um, uh, but I'm like I said, I messed up and I couldn't I had to turn the phone off and reboot and all that because sometimes your phone just won't do more than two or three things at one time. Sure. <laughs> to its max capacity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And one of the other things that I was raised in the military, the army, not the Navy. Um, the Navy just carried us places. True story. True story. We were we were lost in a typhoon for three days out in the oh Pacific. Goodness. And they had two destroyers out looking for us. Uh, it was mm-hmm. mostly general and admirals, wives and children, you know, as a dependent we were in the first group of dependents to go to Japan after World War Two. Oh wow. So yeah, it was a uh, <laughs> and um uh, the only thing my mother was worried about was my little brother, my baby brother, who was only six months old, uh, wouldn't go to my, because he wouldn't go to anyone but my mom. And mm-hmm. she was so afraid he wouldn't go to, to my dad. <laughs> she didn't care. She drove through the uh, blizzards, uh, you know, with, with wide out blizzards, cats, cattle's lost after learning Mm -hmm. to drive two weeks earlier setting out with three children in a car to drive across the country you know to san diego and ship out so my mom was a woman to admire yeah uh so your your life and mine are very different uh very different but there are things that are similar and one of the things you said about um no matter who the president is, we mm-hmm. fight to defend America. But you're, I wanted to emphasize, and I think it's an important point to make, that the oath that you take mm-hmm. and the oath that uh, every public official, that the police officers, the city council, governors, uh, senators, House of Representatives, everyone who serves our country takes is an oath to the Constitution. Mm-hmm. It's not an oath to any one person. It's to the Constitution of the United States. And I think that that's a very important point to make now, don't you? That's the first, that's the first line. I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America and all enemies, foreign and domestic. It Absolutely. Is, that is, in bare true faith and allegiance to the same, that is the first line. And, and we exactly. do that. And that's why it's, you know, it doesn't matter who's sitting in the White House. It doesn't matter who's in charge of your base or who your commanding officer is. You took an oath to support and defend the Constitution, and that's what we do, regardless of exactly. how you feel. That you, exactly. Kind of, when you come through the gate, your feelings kind of go out the windows. You don't have those anymore. <laughs> so, But you have to be mature enough to understand that. And I think sometimes we forget because social media makes it so easy for us to say what we want to say, thinking that there will be no repercussions, but there, there can be. But we have right. to remember that, like you there, said. There's always repercussions. Uh, oh, people, yeah. people do not understand how things really work in the world. Oh, well, those are the bad guys, and we'll just slap them around, and everything will be okay. doesn't no. work like that. Repercussions. <laughs> you have to be, you have to, you might not be ready, but you darn sure better be prepared for whatever the backlash right. is going to be. 
you know, and I look at, and one of the things uh, that you brought up that really, really touched me because I, I work a lot with veterans. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you talked about um, the uh, one of the the people you were serving with and the signs before he committed suicide, um, that was uh, whew, very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. And um, I look at the, they are always talking about the uh, suicide rates of veterans but yes. they don't. Um, they don't go into all of the uh, issues with active duty personnel. And I looked up after after you talking about that. I looked up uh, the suicide rates of active duty personnel, mm-hmm. and uh, they have been climbing. They have, uh, and the, and, the and numbers have jumped, and it's really concerning. It is, and I think because people don't think that people in the military have mental health issues. And it's, they do. Yeah, we do. But what happens is they don't call it a mental health issue if you commit suicide, kind of when you're right. on duty. They say, oh, it must have been your chain of command's fault. Oh, no. it must have been the Navy's fault. Not no. thinking maybe this person had things going on in their personal life that they never discussed with anybody. But mm-hmm. everything that glitters is not gold. Even salt looks That's like right. sugar. So just because they seemed well put together when they came to work. They still have to go home. You know people That's at right. work. You don't know their home life. But we don't say, well, well and, do they have a mental health issue? No, it's a chain of command messed up. And and you know that better than anyone having the don't ask, don't tell. You can't say this is – well, and you also grew up in an area – I again, fortunate. My mother was uh, out in show business. So I was around gay people when mm-hmm. I was young, and it was very normal. Well, where you grew up. It wasn't. It wasn't talked about. It wasn't said. But even even though I was in this little showbiz bubble, there were, uh, when I was going to school at Texas Tech in Lubbock, there were three friends of mine who went to prison because they were gay. That was their only crime. Exactly. And I know what crime is that? We've come a long way, baby. Yes, we have. (laughs) Yes, we have. And I love it. And, you know, I won't complain about where we're at now because I know where we've been. So any piece of progress is great progress. You know, there's always work. Everything's always going to be a work in progress. But you just kind of have to just keep pushing forward. Just keep taking on baby steps until you get to your ultimate end goal, whatever end result that may be. You know, we might get to a point where we say, okay, that's it. We're good. Everybody's happy. Or it might not ever come to that any time in our lifetime, you know. but There might be new new ways of being happy. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Well, one of the things you should feel good about in the stats that I looked up, and this is for um, 2018, so this is the most recent, right? Mm -hmm. The Army, 139 uh, suicides in the Army, that's a rate of 29.5%. The Marines, 58 for a rate of 31.4%. The Navy, 68 for a rate of 18.5, and Air Force, 60 for a rate of 18.5. I just thought that you would appreciate the fact that the Navy's rate is so much lower. Well, one, is still a lot. <laughs> but, exactly. you know, our, our stress as far as the Navy as a whole, you know, is not as high up there as the Army because just like we've seen all over the news, social media, when you're up and having to deploy last-minute notice into the actual combat field, not knowing right. if you're going to come home alive or right. in a body bag, that's a different type of stress. Absolutely. And the and Marines then, are, are in that right. same kind of position. Marines exactly. and Army, so, those are the two with the highest rates exactly. because it's stressful. 
and you're exactly. redeployed when you're not even expecting it. Exactly. You know, even you know, even with us being deployed, we do have a time frame. Like we can't in our minds saying, "Hey, you know, well, it's coming up." Our command might be getting deployed like in the next month, but if they tell you two weeks early, it's not as detrimental because you knew already that this was coming. But to right, be at home right. eating dinner with your family, you know, preparing to go to your kid's soccer game on the weekend, and all of a sudden it's like, call. exactly, that's a different type of stress because now you're stressed out trying to make sure your family is set up and taken care of and good to go before you leave, unknowing if you're going to come back alive or not. And there's so many things I think the average person doesn't know because the military essentially is in a bubble. We are almost in a in a battered wife syndrome between <laughs> yes. the, you know what I mean the the vast yes. population and we've isolated the military. You know, I mean that's the first thing that a batterer and abuser does, right? <laughs> and we go outside and we mask it like everything is great, and we come back in and get beat up again. That, that, exactly. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know it's a. Uh, and there's no one, I mean, for instance, uh, my writing partner, uh, her husband lost both, both of his hands in Fallujah. And mm -hmm. I adore Eddie. He's, he's wonderful. And, and he's so clear and such a good speaker at all. Um, but, man, there are, there are things that I can empathize. I can love him. I can care about him. But only someone who's been through what he's been through can actually understand him. Exactly. And I and I remember when I went to my uh my first mental health session and I told well first like for the the first I think about forty five minutes I just sat on the sofa and I cried and she let me do it and I was like, Oh, I love you so much, I need that. Then like, you know, a couple of I read that in the book, yeah. yeah that yes, really it, it was me. That wonderful. Was so good. All you need. Yeah. So after that I told her, I said, You know, I said, I don't know why, but I feel like I have a, a numbness. I, I'm, I'm numb to different things. I don't understand, you know, why that is. And she couldn't understand what I was saying because she couldn't well, understand yeah, what, because I, what I was saying. Don't ask, don't tell. Exactly. You know, just, but I even just that, just the mental health capacity part where I feel like sometimes with my emotions or with things happen, you know, I, 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 I don't have the same reaction as, people who have never dealt with the military. Something might be traumatic for them. They're going to cry. They're going to do their thing. They're going to try to ask questions. For and I'm over here like, okay, you know what? You get a day to, to be in sorrow. Wipe the gear drift off mm -hmm. your face. Let's go. we got a mission to complete. And it's like now I'm looking at like as being a butthole because I'm not experiencing <laughs> the same emotions because our emotional capacity is kind of is off. So when you have people come back from wars and battles and combat, combat deployments and things, their emotional capacity is turned off or it's heightened exactly. because exactly. they had to be on a high alert their whole entire deployment time. So when they come back and they're trying to get integrated back into, quote, normal society, normal society is not a thing for them anymore. It's not a, you know, they don't, like right. my last deployment. There is deployment, no normal. There is, there no, is no normal. normal. My last deployment, I came home and I told my wife, I said, look, I don't want to party. I don't want no, I don't want family. I just want to come home. To peace and, and quiet. Yeah, That's all I wanted. Yeah. And it was the best homecoming I could have ever asked for. Meanwhile, my family is like, well, you don't want to have a party. You don't want to see us. <laughs> no, you have to understand. No, no you want a party. <laughs> exactly. And it's not because I don't love you. It's because I have just been deployed with 5,000 of my closest friends into countries you can't even pronounce, eating food that you can only dream about. And I don't, I don't want people. I don't want a people anymore. I just want to come home 
to quiet. And we are in the military, being in the service, we are the only ones that understand that. Exactly. You know, like I mean, we are the only ones that can. I get, get it to some degree because having been a dependent. Correct. Uh, you know, I was convinced. Seriously, I know this sounds crazy, but I was convinced as a child that if I messed up in any way, because I was always told everything you do reflects on your father. Yes. <laughs> and if you screw up, you know, your father is not going to get promotions. I was convinced the family would be eating out of garbage cans if I messed <laughs> up. <laughs> you know. That's a lot of pressure for a kid. <laughs> you know what? I mean, at my at my at my family table, it was yes, sir, no, sir, may I, may I be excused, sir? <laughs> you know? Oh my goodness! Oh, poor thing. Well, it was okay. It it, it helped. You know, my father did. My father uh, had a brain tumor, and he did a lot of very violent things. But I thank him. I don't just forgive him. I thank him because mm-hmm. what he did helped make me the person I am. Yes. And you talk about this in your book, which I think yes. is really important, how things happen in your life, but they, everything that happens to you actually benefits you, whether it feels like it at the time or not. Yes, and, and, I, and I may not be a post, like I have uh, on my Facebook page, Unapologetically Favorite, you know, I do motivational posts and just things, I, and I go into depth of speaking about different things in life just to motivate people. And one of the things I, I talk about is be careful what you ask for, because God might drag you through hell and back to get to that goal that you asked for. But while you're going through hell and back, you're thinking you're being punished, but you don't realize uh, that you've been planted so that you can grow. You know, and and mm. that is one of those things that no matter what happens in life, the good and the bad, there is a reason for it. But you exactly. have to be patient. You have to be still. You have to find the silver lining or find the reasoning for what you're going through, you know, just like everybody comes to your life for a reason or a season. Everybody's not going to be permanent, but whatever no. piece of value they bring to your life at that time, figure it out. And then take that nugget, put it in your basket, and be like Dorothy on the Wizard of Oz and keep going down the yellow brick road till you get to your next stop. Because you might meet yep. somebody else that's going to either be a permanent part of your life or it just might be temporary. And they're going to provide you with your next you know, piece of valuable information that you can put in your basket and keep on trucking down the road with. But everything, you know, in life, yes, it is. It's a reason for everything. It just, it really, really is. And I was lucky enough to uh, kind of start seeing that and understanding that as people were kind of pouring into me. Yeah, I, I agree. I wanted to be patient, so God gave me lots of things to be patient about. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I learned about my book. I, I learned, and I'm, I'm glad it has worked out. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, okay, you want to learn patience? Here. There's oh, yes. a situation you can deal with or not. And it will eat you up because you'll be so ready for just instant gratification. You want exactly. it now. And he's like, you can't have it now. Be patient, my friend. Young grasshopper, be patient. Yeah, yeah, little grasshopper. So, yeah, absolutely, because I know it's times like, oh, well, the good news is all this stuff is happening at the same time. I'll get it out of the way. Exactly. Instead of finishing one thing, something else pops up. And yep, I'm all about two for one special. Like, how about that? Are you, are you learning anything yet? I don't. Oh, no, I'm just too tired to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> My brain hurts and set it off. Yes. Yeah. And so one of the things, you were in the military during Don't Ask, Don't Tell, which was stupid. Uh, mm. Not you, but the the oh, yeah. situation. I mean, it's oh, ridiculous yeah. when you can't, when you're sitting around with everyone and oh, and my wife did so-and-so and my husband did such-and-such and did it. And, and my very dear friend. <laughs> my roommate. My, my friend that is a girl. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because you yeah, can't it's, tell anybody. 
because it, it just, takes it an rough. element of the relationship away and and it it, it, it makes you less than exactly. and we, we, anytime we make other people less than we make ourselves less than and we don't realize it and it makes you insecure about you start questioning am and am I really you know do I really want to do this do I really want to feel like I'm not like everybody else do I really want to feel like I'm not a part of the team because you can't right. say anything so you start to question you know is this really truly who I am because you're, you're so focused on what everybody else is going to think or you're so focused on you know how they're going to look at you that you lose yourself in that to the point you know even to this day some people somebody out there right now is struggling with coming to terms with their, their sexuality and you know it's not their fault it's, it's who fault. they are you know it's, it's who it's, they it's, are they're, they're, Exactly. And, but a lot of people still are afraid of it because they're afraid of what they don't know. They're afraid of what they Absolutely. don't understand. And you, because of the other person's fear and insecurities, they put that on other people. And it makes it to the point where another person that's gay or lesbian, bisexual, whatever the case may be, is afraid to, to open up and be who they are because they don't want to be judged and looked at and talked about and, you know, just smirked at or anything. So they just try to Stay live quiet. their life the quote correct way so to speak by living mm -hmm. in a, a, another life of their own and they're not happy they're not no. happy and 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 the pursuit of happiness <laughs> life liberty and the pursuit of happiness is the foundation of our country yeah. and my thing with that is I'm, I'm working on a book right now uh, that uh, says that the first great lie was the separation of male and female when actuality, humanity is a spectrum of sexuality. I mean, one in every 2,000, one in every 2000 births is an intersex birth. Mm -hmm. And so if we understood this instead of like polarized, this is over here and that's over there. And we started saying, wow, it's a little of this and, and me and a little of that and you and a little of that and so and so. And we're, we're, we're multidimensional beings. Exactly. Yeah. We're all cut from a different cloth. But until people are educated, until people stop wanting to, to assume and pass judgment, instead of being an adult, sitting down and talking to people, learning about people, the world is going to be jacked up. They're always going to, you know, whatever doesn't but look it's like changing. us. You know, don't, you, yeah. don't you really see it changing for the better? I talk to the millennials. They don't care what color your skin is. They exactly. don't care who who you love. You know, they, they just would like to not have college debt. And they would just like to, <laughs> I mean, you know, simple exactly. life. They'd like to have, have health care and no college debt. I yes. mean, this is some complicated stuff. I mean, there's other worst, there's other worst issues around here uh, than worrying about who somebody's sleeping with at night. That has nothing to do with anything that's going on right now, you know that, and that's that's how I I preached it before. Uh, you know, when I'm at work, it doesn't matter who was at my house. That has nothing to do no. with me being, you know, out in the field, combat deployment, getting ready to take, right. you know, warheads to somebody's forehead, and you're worried about who I'm sleeping with. You want me to save your life or no? You know, <laughs> we got what, what's it going to be? Make a decision. Quick. Make a struggle. <laughs> Which one do you want? You want me to save your life, or you worry about who's in my bed? Yeah. Oh, you worried about that? Well, let's sit and have a discussion. <laughs> exactly. You know, so that just, we have to we have to get past that. And um, yes. I was mentioning that to, on the, the Christine Upchurch show, and I, and I said, you know, when the military was the came out with the uh, that the abolishment of the don't ask, don't tell, and right. it, it wasn't the it wasn't the, the younger generation that had a problem with it to begin with. No, it was the older not. generation who was 
brought up in that, oh, my God, you're going to go to hell if you're not like us or, you know, just that fear because that's what they were taught. Now the world is more of an empowerment movement. Be who you are. Be comfortable. Embrace everybody. Love everybody. The younger generation doesn't care. They're like, okay, you, okay, that's fine, whatever. Okay, so we want to get fine, lunch whatever. Uh, and, and so what do you want to have for lunch? Exactly. So. <laughs> you want to go and get Mexican food? You want to go get Chinese food? You, exactly. Either one's good with me. And that's what I love. Nobody know my job, and I preach that love everybody. You know, I am a I am a people person. I have been told I never meet a stranger because. Even with, I want people to be comfortable. I want you to, to love life and be able to, you know, share your wildest dreams with me or, you know, whatever the case may be. But at the same time, just by me speaking to somebody, I don't know if I might end up helping that person because they're having a mental health issue as well. So it's kind of a two-for-one special, you know. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and I totally agree with you. We are going to take a uh, short break here um, because we're kind of at a stopping point in our talking, uh, sort of. And... <laughs> I want to come back uh, right after the break, um, and if Eric found out anything about the the uh, Russian and American vessels, um, you know, before we before we go to break. Are, that... are, so you're talking about the uh, the Russian naval ship that uh, yes. almost collided with the American. It said aggressively uh, approached it, yes. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, a uh, Russian naval ship aggressively approached a U.S. Navy destroyer in the North Arabian Sea yesterday, and they had a near collision. Uh, it looks like the, the Farragut, uh, which is the American ship, sounded okay. five short blasts, but the uh, requesting that the Russian ship <laughs> would alter course, they initially <laughs> refused uh, but then ultimately altered course to avoid the collision. collision. Uh, yeah, vodka could could impact how you. Uh, no, never mind. <laughs> yeah, it's like a very dangerous uh, game of chicken, apparently. Yeah, 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 with a lot of people involved, and you know, um, the, see little tiny things, little things. You know, just turning that turning that wheel on that on that yes. ship. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes. Uh, makes a huge difference in life, and people don't realize how how these small little things can. Shall we call it an international incident? Yes. <laughs> you know these are not uh, these are not healthy for us as human beings. I mean, I'm always questioning what kind of a species sends its young out to kill each other. <laughs> so, on that happy note, we are going to take a break. <laughs> And we're going to come back and talk about more fun things. Uh, You are listening to Susan Harmon Experience. She with my guest, Courtney Pittrell. And we are having a lot of fun. Stay tuned for more interesting chatter. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Susan Harmon is offering her skills as an intuitive counselor, medium, and energy healer via phone or Skype with her audience at a reduced rate of $40 for the first half hour. Susan listens to your guidance and gives what is needed for you in the present moment. Email susan at susanharmon.com and put, I love the Susan Harmon Hour 
in the subject line. This is a limited time offer, so set up your appointment by emailing susan at susanharmon.com today. In March 2016, Melinda Rabine received the Right Now Today Humanitarian Award for her work on a film about domestic violence called Asylum, which was also awarded Best Narrative Short at the 2018 Cinema on the Bayou Film Festival. Now she's turned her talents to making a new documentary, Stories of Us, Camp Second Chance. In the process, she embedded herself in the camp during the snows of winter, spending Christmas there and returning for numerous visits since. Rabide shows the beauty and humanity of the homeless residents and builds a bridge of compassion in this compelling look at the common threads that bind us all. Interested in knowing more? Contact Melinda Rabine. Email melindarabine at gmail.com. Are you ready to take your healing mastery to the next level? The VAST Institute Masterpiece of Humanity Certification Program will develop your personal and professional toolkit while enriching your approach to life, taking both you and your clients to the next level. Enrollment is now open for our March 20th program. Mention this ad for a professional courtesy discount. If you're an original thinker looking to significantly amplify your presence and influence for good, apply today at vastinstitute.com or call 206-935-787. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience She, where I am talking with my guest, Courtney Cottrell. Hopefully you caught her on the Christine Upchurch show just prior to this. Uh, So you have a very full, well-rounded interview. (laughs) Uh, Courtney, during the break, we talked a little bit about absentee fathers, how that impacts on kids. And we didn't talk about this, but one of the things that really struck me in your book um, is the plight of young black men and how they feel like they have to, in the poor neighborhoods, you know, uh, act a certain way to be accepted, but it doesn't help them in the larger world. It, it, it doesn't. Um, you know, my brother, uh, it, it was, he, he was trying to to fit into the neighborhood, even though, you know, our neighborhood wasn't, you know, wealthy and rich and, uh, you know, just, it was just a middle income, a middle income neighborhood. But as time went on, you know, people, families started moving out because they started, you know, getting bigger homes or what have you. And then the houses and the quality of the neighborhood kind of started, you know, downgrading. And my brother, you know, we were not raised to be street kids we were not raised to be out all all hours of the night we were not raised to be disrespectful my mother uh, and my stepfather did a good job raising us to make sure that you know we treat everybody with respect the same way we want somebody to treat us with respect but sometimes your environment that you grow up in can also raise you and at the time my brother was going through that and 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 hanging around you know the friends that he had in the neighborhood which weren't really that great of a quality of people and no matter how many times we tell my brother to you know watch out don't hang around this guy leave him alone he never really wanted to listen to us because i guess me and my mom were just oh y'all sound like my friends no we have enough experience in life where we can see things are not going to go well and it's that mentality where they have to i always say guys don't really live for females they live for each other because yeah. I need to go out here and prove that I'm a man. I need to go out here and prove that I'm stronger, that I'm better, or that, you know, I'm equivalent to the next guy. Whether that means you got to walk out of here and have a gun on you, whether you got to walk out of here and sell dope on the street, whether you have to walk out here and just pick on people as they go by, bully somebody, 
that's their way of trying to prove to people that I'm a man because in that environment, that's what makes you a man. And that's that, that limiting belief that that's the only way they can survive is by doing that because they don't know how to think beyond that. They don't know that there is better in life beyond that because everybody in the neighborhood is doing the same thing. Everybody grows up doing the same thing. Yeah, I think that that's that's a very interesting observation. I can also see how that impacted on you. You couldn't accept the fact that you liked looking at Playboy magazines because it was mm-hmm. a woman's form that that that, that turned you on. Yeah. Um, you tried to fit in. You, I mean, you had sex. You you know you had mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know and and very frankly, I I am a big supporter of uh, terminating a pregnancy uh, that's not uh, viable for your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that you your life is the most important thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very glad that you made that choice. Mm-hmm. And I think women need to be allowed to make that choice. But also you had no one in your life who was gay, possibly the what the one cousin, you yeah. know, who who left. Uh, if she had stayed around, that might have been a little bit of support for you. But when you have no one around you mm-hmm. that feels what you're feeling. Or you don't know they do. There might might have been other girls around there that felt that way, but exactly. you just didn't know because everybody had to keep it secret. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's like they t- you know even talk about on the down low. That's not something yeah. that's said much in the white world, but in the, yeah. in the black world, he's on the down low. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, he's married, but he really likes guys. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you can still he's say on it for the, the down low. as well too. So. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. happens. And in growing up, you know, that was my environment raising me because even though I knew exactly. I was one way, I was living my life the way my environment raised me, you know. And, and it and it was a struggle that my cousin Janine, I didn't, you know, at the time, I didn't really know what gay and lesbian looked like. <laughs> you know, right, it wasn't a, right. I didn't know. So I didn't know. I just knew I had a cousin. I loved her to death. She had the red tail, the flannel shirts, you know, the tattoos. And, and she <laughs> was the coolest thing in the world. I just wanted to, I just wanted to be her sidekick for life. Like, I loved her to death. You know, yeah. and then when she passed yeah. away, it was kind of like, oh, man. And yeah. I think that was never like, I, I did really not go to her what? funeral. I don't remember. I never went to her. I didn't go to her funeral. But then as I got older and I started looking back, I was like, oh, man. You know, the one person I could have yeah. talked to is no longer here. You know, one person yeah. I could have, yeah. I could have just voiced my concern or my feelings and emotional, you know, whatever. To is she was no longer here, and I, I missed that opportunity. You know, but I'm, I, I'm everything happens for a reason, so I'm glad that I missed that opportunity so that I could grow up and experience the things that I experienced, so that I know I knew that. Oh yeah, it, it yeah, it's me. Like. <laughs> I'm sorry, guy. You're not a great boyfriend. You're a good friend, but I'm not interested. And I just moved on with my life. You know, I'm I'm grateful for the experience. You know, honestly, in my life, I would not change anything. I feel like if you change just one one iota of anything, you know, in the past, then I probably would not be here where I'm at right now. Well, that's true. It's like in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Okay, mm-hmm. so I wish I never I wish I never been born. Okay, here's your wish, and exactly. you know. You, you, any one little thing that changes changes everything, and exactly. I I can see that now in retrospect you can look back and say what a brave woman my cousin was. Yes, Living what an life. amazing human being. <laughs> she was who she was, but at the time that's right. And I mean, at that I time, that was not an easy thing at all. 
Exactly. I mean, it still isn't. I mean, we say, oh, we've we've progressed, but I know people who have been horribly assaulted uh, and killed yes. because yes. they were gay. Exactly. And so that's people still have the fight or flight mentality. They fear what they don't understand and what they exactly. no, don't know. And it's and it just. I, and I don't know. I don't know why that is. I guess to for some people, you know, they they live their life with their ego. I'm better than you. I can do better than you. Or you, you're you're not equivalent to me. Or you're not like me. You're different. We don't need different people in the world. Everybody needs to be exactly like me. So because you're different, that means you're less than. If you're less than, that makes me feel superior, and I can do whatever I want to do to you. This and it's and it's it's terrible because it's always the males. You know, I've always noticed that it's always the males. I don't know if it's just fear. I don't know if it's the empowerment. Like, you feel powered because you feel like some, or you just sense the fact that the person, the other person doesn't have any confidence, and you can sense that, and now you just go for it. You go for the kill. You know, I, I don't, I will never understand that. Well, um, the truth is there's love and there's fear. Yes. And if you're operating from fear, Everything is coming at you. You're being yes. attacked. Yeah. Uh, if you're operating from, well, for me, my position generally is, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> How does I that really. work? Can you explain, you know, whether it's something I agree or disagree with, I want to know how it works, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was just like you mentioned this this guy committing suicide on, on ship, and I'm like, okay, let me go online while, while I'm listening to this on my laptop here and take a look and see what is the suicide rate. Because I know the suicide rate for veterans, mm -hmm. but what's the suicide rate for people still in the military? And yes, it's, it's, it is not small, and it is climbing. Mm, and uh, this is not a good thing for us as a nation at all. And because we don't, you know, I talked about this before in an interview I did, and I said, you know, we don't teach people that it's okay to fail in life. It's okay to have a misstep in life. Uh, a minor setback just means a major comeback. It's all in how you handle it that defines you as a person. So I, I don't like the fact that, you know, even in the military now, you know, when, when people transfer from one command to another command, they're like, where is my end of tour award? An end of tour award is it, it's just an award saying, hey, while you were here for these four years, you did your job. Bravo Zulu. Good job. On to the next. But that's not Bravo a... Bravo Zulu. Most people don't know what you mean when you <laughs> no, say no. that. Congratulations. <laughs> good job. You know, you're doing everything. You did everything correctly. You know, but we've gotten to the point where we just give them out so frequently yeah. and so freely that one, it loses its value, and two, right. everybody expects you to give it. That's not a guaranteed thing. I don't have to give you an award because you came to work every day and just did your job. If you come to work, do your job, you have mentored people, you have promoted up the ranks, you have d done more than just your job, okay, I, I can do that for you. But for you to show up to your job, complain about it, half the time the uniform wasn't really put together right or I had to correct <laughs> you about something, don't turn around and look at me and say, where's my award? Everybody does not get a trophy, and we need to stop passing out trophies to everybody because when they become an adult, and the first time somebody tells them, no, I don't want to be with you, uh, no, you can't have this promotion, no, you know, I'm going to cut your lights off because your bills are not getting paid, they can't handle it. And their ultimate thought process is, oh, my God, my life is falling apart. Let me take myself out. It's, we yeah, we you, need to stop passing out trophies. 
Yeah, you can't do that for a lot of reasons. And, uh, you know, just I'm very familiar with it because I'm what they call an entrepreneur. And, you know, mm-hmm. you're not a true entrepreneur until you failed in at least three businesses. So Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. But I am grateful for everything I've done in my life because it helped create me. And you learn a little bit more as I go along. Yeah, and you learn. You you learn what works and what what doesn't work, and it only makes you stronger for the next phase. You know, if you go ahead, nobody successful has been successful off the first first time truly no. you know what I mean? if you have your unicorn but you know nobody has been successful after the first you know meeting with a banker to say hey will you invest in my business you know what i mean Absolutely. that's taking a risk it I doesn't mean, work it that can way happen. you can the first time out get the leading role in something if you're an actress or whatever but the fact is one of the things that, that i saw all the way through your book that i found is about not stopping Okay, this happened, but I'm going forward here. That mm-hmm. happened. I stepped back. I looked at this. I looked at this relationship that wasn't working. I thought it was great that you had your 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 first girlfriend there that, yeah, she could stay. She wasn't growing the way you were growing. Exactly. And you saw that. But she could afford to pay the utilities. And, and, and you put in there the line, nobody gets a free ride. And no. you've lived your life that way. And that is you walk your talk. Yes, yes, I am. I am a firm believer. You have to make a way for yourself because if you become dependent on other people to do things for you, when those people are gone, how do you survive? How do you, you stand on your own two feet? You don't know how, and you will ultimately collapse. You cannot do that. You know, being your own person, being independent, knowing how to navigate through life is one what builds your confidence because you know you got this. You know you got life. You know, by the by the the reins, and you are trotting, you are going, and nobody can mess that up. If you fall off, it's okay. Push your carriage over, fix that sucker, pop back on, and keep going. Don't yeah, let pedal, anybody pedal, knock pedal, you off course. Pedal. <laughs> exactly. You know, you got to you you keep pushing forward, and I am a firm believer of working for what you want. My mother, when I was 14 years old, I was 14 or 15, she took me down to the social services department and got me a worker's permit. And she said, you're going to get a job. Whatever it is that you want, you'll be able to buy it yourself. And from the age of 14 all the way to now, I have worked for everything I've, I, I've, I wanted in life. I've worked for everything that I have. And I will always be thankful for that because I look at the kids that come in now, and the military is their first job. So they don't yeah. have that motivation to get up and get to work on time. For what? Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. Or there's uh, the one I love is like, well, I'm not I'm not getting paid enough to do this. Like, wait a second, you exactly. made a contract. Exactly. So whether you made it for fifty cents an hour or five thousand dollars an hour, it's you do the same amount of work because you made the contract. Exactly. They don't understand that work concept yeah. that work well, is not there. I went down and got my uh, social security card when I didn't know what they look like. And you had to be 16 to work in the dime store. So I said I was 16. I just, we didn't have to show a birth certificate then either. I just lied. So for years, my Social Security card showed me two years older than I was because oh my I wanted that job in the, <laughs> in the dime store. And that was the only way I was going to get it. I had to have a Social Security card and uh, I had to be 16. So um, I lied. <laughs> but I got the job. <laughs> But you had a job, okay. <laughs> and after a while, you're like, wait, am I it was a years? good lie. Oh, it was no. a good lie. 
That is hilarious. That's funny. Oh my goodness. But it's true. I mean, if you if you care about what you're doing, I I took a a, a job in the summer one time. It was taking care of two little girls because the parents worked, and it was summertime. Mm-hmm. And they were little slobs. They were terrible. And I'd say, you're not going to sit at the table with me and eat like that. Mm-hmm. You're going to sit there and behave properly. This is where the fork goes. This is where the knife goes. This is where the spoon goes. Do you know what I mean? This is how we set the table. We're going to set the table. We're going to sit down together like ladies, and yeah. we are going to eat. Their parents had never taken them to a restaurant because of their manners. I'm like, uh that's your job. So well, that's it took at a, home. Yeah, exactly. It took a teenager you know, it, it, with their children so they could take their kids out in public. It, and the and kids liked it. And it's still like that today. You have parents that think that these kids, they pop out these kids and they're going to come with like already programmed with manners and respect and discipline. <laughs> no, no mom, dad, you have to, your kids are going to learn what you pour into them. You mold that. Absolutely. <laughs> So oh it, you've been married how many years now? It had December 15th to be uh, five years. Oh, my goodness. So, and you have a good marriage, you feel? I do. I love it. I feel like if if you can't wake up laughing at 4 o'clock in the morning over nonsense or, you know, <laughs> just it, I, it's my best friend, my number one fan and my best friend, I tell people you have to be friends before you can move forward. And it was, it, it has been wonderful not every year i tell her i said you know i'm gonna i'll extend your contract for another year this year was okay i'll extend your contract another year oh <laughs> so that's all running joke every now and then you're like you know what your contract's coming up mm, do i want to extend it yeah no yeah i think that that's absolutely i was uh with my husband 45 years and uh we had that we had that kind of uh i said we had sex for for, for every day for 45 years you know it oh my was goodness. <laughs> yeah but we were not friends when we first got together. We became friends. Oh, I mean, we wow. had great sex. We had great sex, but we weren't really friends. Oh, wow. Yeah, we were, like, best friends. Well, I don't say best friends, but we were, like, really, really close friends. And it was crazy because, you know, like, during the time that I that I found my wife, you know, I, I had just came out of this horrible, horrible breakup. And I was in my depression mode when I was um, – contemplating suicide myself and I had social media so being alone in the house and just thinking about things I would just log on to social media and just be scrolling through scrolling through you know just just Facebook feeds and I I saw a picture one day and I was like huh she's kind of cute so I clicked on the picture and I thought (laughs) Facebook is stalking her (laughs) and then the rest is history and here we are like Six years yeah. later, <laughs> like, yeah. still going strong, still going at it. And I, I, always, I, told, I always tell her, like, you know, you saved my life right. And uh, she'll just look at me and be like, oh, my goodness. But it's true, though. She saved my life. And it's funny how, you know, like I said, you, when you ask for things, you got to be ready for everything you're going to go through to get to what it is that you want in life. And who doesn't want a healthy relationship? Who doesn't want to be happy? And I wanted all of that. But I went through a lot to get here. So when I turn around and look back, everything that I lost, I don't even care about anymore because oh, it's it so got nothing to compared to what you have. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, well, the way I look at it, and I can't use this word on the air, but fertilizer, mm-hmm. you, know, mm-hmm. um, you know, is really what builds. You ha- you need that fertilizer for the crops to grow. So all those things that happened, you don't need them anymore. 
Mm-hmm. But there they are. They helped your crop grow, which is they your did. present life. You've blossomed. Yeah. You've grown because of all the fertilizer you had to go through to get here. Yeah, and it makes you appreciate when you get it, when you get, you know, that that, that item that you asked for, when you get it, it means just that much more to you. It means the world to you, and you want to hang on to it forever because you know what you just went through. And it is a hell of a lot better than what you just went through. And it's something that you don't want to lose. You don't want to take that for granted, whether it's your relationship, whether it's a job promotion, whether, you know, it's a brand new house that you just bought or a car that you just bought or paying off your student loans. Whatever that thing is that you want in life that you had to go through hell and back to get, when you finally get it, that value, it's just invaluable. There, there is no real value on it because it just it's that big. You know, I, I can't even put it in words. It's just, it's just, it's enormous. And you, that's something you don't want to lose. So, you know, you, you appreciate it a lot more. It's like you're able to snuggle down inside your life. Exactly. And breathe, you know, yes. like, yeah, Peace. this is comfortable. Release, you know, just, yeah. you're comfortable. Yeah. The, no the worries thorn the got taken out of your paw, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. That's, how, that's how this relationship is. Love it to death. It's great. That's fantastic. And your and your career is going really well. Where yes. do you think that's headed? Well, um, I'm actually um, looking. So I'm still in. This will be coming up in my 21st year in the Navy, and I'm wow. looking to retire mm-hmm. um, next next not this summer, but next summer, 2021. Uh, I'm actually looking to retire, and that'll put me about 22 years. And, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's it's been wonderful. I I love it. I, I don't know what the future holds. I'm just, I'm fluid like water. What other, whatever opportunities present themselves to well, me, you know, year 2020. Are you thinking about that. writing some more, doing more public speaking? I, actually, I just got an offer today to speak um, at a at a Navy event. So I'm doing that at the end of March, beginning of April, when they, when they solidify oh. the dates. And I do have right now in the works a motivational book. It's just I, I'm known for Good. my sayings. I'm known for like motivational, you know, speaking uh-huh. and stuff. So uh-huh. the things that I post on social media, I, I've kind of taken those things off of social media, and I'm starting to, to compile it into a book. book. So it just be like something you can just one thing you can read a day to help you get through, or you know, just to go through to give people motivation. You know, a lot of people that's what we need. We just want somebody to motivate us to do better than what we're doing. You know, a book like that, seriously, you open it up and boom, there's the answer to what's going on for you. Exactly. It's, it's a wonderful, a wonderful idea. Do you mind if I tell you I'm getting some psychic stuff for you? That's <laughs> crazy. Uh-oh. But Uh-oh. no, you're going to be very, you're going to be a very successful writer and a public speaker. You're, you're, you're going to grow so much. And you're going to expand that. on what you're doing. I, I really see a bright future for you. Thank you. You're like my confirmation because I keep hearing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's true. That's why you hear it from more than one source because yeah. when truth comes, comes, you need to be reminded. Yeah. And uh, you've, you, you know, when people say, oh, well, things came easy for you. Well, maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Yeah. You know, it's like when, when someone's just discovered, but they were working for 10 years before they got discovered. Exactly. You know? It's about like the entertainment, the entertainment business. They'll say it takes the mm-hmm. average of seven to 10 years before somebody really blows up. Like Absolutely. into a successful entertainment entertainer, so yeah, I'm okay with that. You know, as long as it comes, I'm not going to rush it. Patience. We spoke about earlier. Patience. I'm not that patient. Patience. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm I I I'm like I'm good with patience now. You don't need. I got it down. <laughs> 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 so, 
So is there any last things? We want to make sure that you tell them where to get your book. Okay. And one more last thing before we have to uh, sign off. This has gone by so fast. I know. No, there's no time when you're having fun. But my book is available on Amazon.com, uh, Barnes & Nobles online, and also on Books A Million. If you just Google the book, it will pop up everywhere to include Canada and Australia and London, Piccadilly, London, everywhere. Uh, and I have a website, uh, www.unapologeticallyfavored.com, and you can follow me on my Facebook page, Unapologetically Favored. Unapologetically Favored, favored yes. yes. And Instagram, Unapologetically, C-A-K. And that's that's all my socials. I think it's fantastic, and and you are unapologetically favored. It's it's you couldn't have come up with a better title. It it works really really well, uh, because you don't owe anybody apologies. I mean, you know the case you point out of of you know uh, doing something very innocent and someone getting their feelings hurt because their ego couldn't handle it. And, exactly. Uh, when we talk about people's ego, they operate from ego. It's a weak ego that yeah. that is the problem. If you have a strong ego, you want to help other people. If you have a weak ego, you're in competition all the time, and yeah, that doesn't help your life. Yes, that's a no. true statement. So. so you have spent most of your life, even though it hurts you that your father wasn't in your life and your stepfather, you still work through it, and I think you did a good job of it. I mean, I think yeah. that you that you managed to do the things you needed to do, and you've done something that I admire. It's something I think highly of. Everything that's happened, you have learned from. You you haven't just said, "Oh, well, I'm lucky." No, you you've learned from it, and that's very very powerful. I just want to tell you, it's a real pleasure for me to meet you, even though we haven't physically met. That, <laughs> Yeah, you know, to to actually talk to you because I did enjoy your book. I enjoyed reading it very much. Well, thank you so much. I had fun with you today. Good, good. I'm glad we could leave on that note. And I always end my show with uh, the one thing I think is important: that whatever you do, however you're you're acting, whatever's going on in your life, there's one thing you need to know, and that, my friends is to keep on dancing. Are you ready to take your healing mastery to the next level? The VAST Institute Masterpiece of Humanity Certification Program will develop your personal and professional toolkit while enriching your approach to life, taking both you and your clients to the next level. Enrollment is now open for our March 20th program. Mention this ad for a professional courtesy discount. If you're an original thinker looking to significantly amplify your presence and influence for good, apply today at vastinstitute.com or call 206 935 